Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show. Let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kay and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast. You're uh, listening to Kathy, that's me. And Tommy, that's me. Yeah, my co-host Tommy. And uh, we need people to call into the show. We'd love to have people call into the show. Yes, we do. And you can reach us at Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Uh, sorry, strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at strict anonymous and uh, strictly anonymous on Facebook, right? Nope, strict anonymous. Strict anonymous on Facebook. Strictly anonymous. Was and too uh, long. yeah, it doesn't always have to be a problem. It could be something that you're into or something that you heard that you might want to be into, I guess, you know? Yeah, or so, like a problem that you had in the past, but you have resolved. That's what we have calling in today. I have a good, interesting guy calling in today because not only did he have a problem that yeah. he wants to gripe about or like something that he went through, he's a sex addict. So it's a, re- and yeah, so he's like hitting the addict. jackpot. He has like a ton of, th- like he has a lot of stories. I'll read you his email in a second. But the other thing he did was he actually wrote me an email critiquing our show and giving me com- some pointers. And I was like, I had so much shit I wanted to say back to him. But first of all, I'm not going to like have conversations with, with emails with people. So I was like, let's discuss this on the show. Um, they were really good though. Like bad critiques? Or? Well, like, you, you know, opinionated, you know, his opinion of what I'm doing wrong. Like, it's hilarious. You'll are you going to give him the who the fuck do you think you are? No, I'm going to debate my stuff. Do oh. I sound okay to you? You sound great. Okay, I think it's these headphones suck. So I'm his name. He has a couple of names he wants to go by. You ever see that movie Shame? No. It's a good movie. It's about sex addiction. There's not much that goes on. Like, there's not a lot of talking or dialogue, but it's uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on. It's about this guy who's a sex addict, so he's basically using his name. Okay. I know. He's using the guy's name from the movie? Yeah, he was said we could either call him um, Brandon. Brandon was the guy in the movie. He said Brandon Fassenberg or Brandon D- Diggler. Dirk Diggler, right? Dirk Diggler. I love yeah. Dirk Diggler. Yeah, exactly. So it was either <laughs> it was either Brandon Diggler or Brandon Fassenberg. That was a... That Who was would a, we rather call him? a lot of passwords. Just Brandon. Okay, so Brandon is the no. guy from Shame. He's a sex addict. Okay. So it's Brandon the sex addict, okay? Um, this is what he wrote. Let's start with this. Mm-hmm. I've always had a penchant for... Oh, he first of all, he says, I'm a sex addict. I'm happy to say that I'm in recovery. Recovery, but oh, the stories I have. Let's start with this one. I've always had a penchant for Latina women that stems from the first girl I made out with and got to second base with. But her rejection of me was also the cause of me having to know that I'm that I have to satisfy women all the time. It also explains the gravitation to transsexuals later in life. If I put a notch in my bedpost for each person I've had sex with, I'd have a pile of sawdust on the floor. Escorts, threesomes, foursomes, swinger clubs, Craigslist hookups, dating excite experiences, etc. I've been married and divorced twice, and those are the stories. And those are stories in themselves. Spent six years in the Marine Station in North Carolina, California, and Hawaii. Crazy times. 
So we have a lot we could talk about with him. Yeah. I like the whole sex addict thing because I think people don't think that it exists a lot. You know, there's two different sides to it, right? Some people think it doesn't exist. Some people think it totally exists. This is a guy that's, you know, obviously knows that it exists. How could you think it doesn't exist? Well, because some guys just think that the guys are horny and that's what it's about. But there's a difference between a guy being horny or, and, and a guy being in your life. Yeah, right. There's a there's a different feel to it. I, I know sex addicts. I've been an addict myself. I know addiction. It's very obvious. It's very different. You than weren't a sex addict? I was at one time. Absolutely. And you're cured? No, what happens with addiction, okay, I'm sorry, but it's not like you're a sex addict and that's the only kind of addict you are. You're an addict and you no, could no, no, yeah. funnel I, that energy. No, it's very interesting about addiction. It's kind of fucked up because you could take whatever it is that you could use. be a good addiction or a bad addiction. No, but addiction is the problem. How you how it comes out in your life depends on your personality type, okay? No. You could be a sex addict. You could be a workaholic. You could be a fucking Jesus freak. Those are addicts too, no, okay? I get it. But they're just funneling in a different way. So you could be a sex addict for a couple of years or 10 years if you decide you want to let go of that but you don't really fix your addiction or you're not really working on it you'll start being addicted to something else when I was young I was a sex addict because that was when I couldn't have like alcohol and that stuff like I'm talking like really young like I could just go to town on myself for like hours and hours I lived in a complete sexual fantasy life that totally got me off and it was an actual escape because I wasn't old enough to be boozing it up or smoking weed or all that other stuff that I did when I got old enough do you understand so that's when I was and then sex was like a total thing for me um, for the rest of my life until I quit drinking you're a sex addict Tommy not anymore Oh, please. You have not worked on your addiction for one fucking second of your life. It's I've still been, swept th- under the table. I've been in therapy for three years. Yeah, weren't you going to give up therapy so you could keep your motorcycle? That was a smart move. <laughs> did you tell your therapist she was almost on the chopping block? Yeah, I did, actually. <laughs> She's like, why? I was like, parking is expensive in the city. Yeah, it was either between Tommy was going to cancel his therapy. Or thought, sell motorcycles. Yeah, exactly. So, um... Anyway, so what I used to go to um, sex and love addiction meetings, actually, they were really interesting. And guys like this would talk. I think I've talked about it before. Guys like this would talk about their shit. And it's actually really fascinating to hear somebody sort of come clean about what it is. Because a lot of guys that are involved in it, they're never going to, they don't want to label it. A lot of people that don't believe it exists want to look at people and be like, you're fucking retarded. But this is not someone that's judging somebody else. This is someone that's admitting they're a sex addict. Do you know what I mean? I get it. So it's interesting to me. And then he wrote an email. Okay, so then he was saying, oh, I love your podcast. Let me, you know, and I'm like, great, listen, write a review if you like it. So instead of writing a review, he um, sent me a critique. And he's, here are his critiques. Okay, so here's his email. And if I could make one, he says one critique, but I feel like he makes like 80. If I could make one critique, this is about the podcast. When someone is telling you about their fetish, don't say they're weird. Or there's something's wrong. There's something wrong with him or her. You might scare away future callers listening by I judging them that way. Don't don't interrupt yet because I know Ooh, what you're going to say. Yeah. It is like saying that person is weird because they like peanut butter, bananas, and marshmallow fluff on butter toast or something. And as for Stephanie, who doesn't orgasm, listen to where he goes with this, uh, from sex, it might be more a physical issue than a mental one. Most women can orgasm vaginally, but that doesn't mean that they don't enjoy sex. Remember, the orgasm isn't the end of the ride. If you're lucky, you can have multiple, and some people just enjoy the ride. I can't wait to go off on him about that one. I see your point, and if there's no orgasm, why bother? But it's different for every woman. First of all, this is a man, not a woman, so how does he even fucking know? Some can only climax one on top or behind or both legs up, or they have to use their hand to stimulate. Yeah, duh. And what I have to say to that is like, so then why isn't she using her 
hand or her thing. The point is not that she can't climax. It's the point that she knows how to climax, but she doesn't choose to do it in those moments. It's bizarre. Do you understand? She needs a toy to get off. She lets guys fuck her in all kinds of positions, strangers, for what reason? When she because she doesn't have an orgasm with him, she has with her husband. Does that's what doesn't make sense? She knows how to orgasm. She just chooses not to. That's weird, and it, it's even ten thousand times more than that. We have to discuss it with him. And then the thing about saying it's weird. I'm sorry, Tommy, but I know what you're going to say. I never say no. You ne- and that's what I'm saying. I don't know never, who he's talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We've I never love called my callers. Weird. You're always writing me like, let's get off the call because you're bored. But like, I'm always like wanting to talk to these people. I love the people that call in. I don't judge anybody. I have and like. We've made a point on this show never to, you know, de- you know, never to. How would you say call anybody weird or you know take away from what we're we're, we're here to investigate what they're into or right, whatever. Right, but me saying not normal means it's not normal behavior. Not that you're not a normal person. Nobody ha- doesn't have a perfect behavior. Everybody has abnormal things that they do, you know, whatever. Like him saying like and it's like what what I I, I and we have to debate it with him actually. All I don't right. want to go into it too much because um, he'll have something to say, but when he acts like it's like marshmallows or something, he makes some reference Peanut to marshmallows. And fluff. Yeah, it's like, Get then the why don't you there. keep going to swingers club then? Like, I mean, that's what I mean. Like some things are dysfunctional or they're coming out in a weird way. Normal, not normal. Who the fuck cares? And you know what the other thing about our show is that I love? What do you love? We are not therapists. No, I love the fact that I can be opinionated and say whatever I want. I could say it's not normal and I could be totally wrong. It doesn't matter. This is not like a doctor show. This isn't yeah, like an advice, a real I say like we give unprofessional advice. I'm like talking to your friend. I couldn't be wrong. I could be right. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, these are reality opinions from uh, quote unquote people from the street. You know what I mean? Not yeah. from not from the uh, university. Yeah, and like if that's why I would never want to be a therapist because you can't sort of shove your opinions down people's throats. I like doing that. <laughs> I think you do. I do. Pretty that's I know why you I do, do I this show, do. and and I can do that on my show. You sure this can. This isn't fucking Oprah. No, it's not. I'm not Barbara Walters. No, it's strictly anonymous. We'll discuss this with him. Um, but first, we got to discuss his shit because the trannies. I don't understand that. You know, we were just. Uh, you know, Robert Kelly's really into it. There's a lot of guys that admit they're into trannies. I never knew that that existed. Are you into trannies? What? Into trannies? Like, what do well, you mean? What is, I don't know. He says something about trannies, and then Robert Kelly's always talking about trannies on his show. He's a good friend of mine, and they have, like, I don't know. Like, is that a. I don't know. Trannies are fascinating. Is that an. Okay. Have you ever had a, ha- a given blowjob by a tranny? Tell the truth. I'm looking at your face. You look fucking <laughs> guilty. That's a yes. Just so you know, yes. That's a fucking yes. Yeah. It is a yes. <laughs> Oh my God, you're blushing. Was it great? Was it good? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my God, you are so <laughs> red, dude. You got a blowjob from a tranny? Oh my God, I'm gonna call you not normal. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> That's no, not normal. Seriously, why have we never discussed this? This is this is so fascinating to me. You had you got a blowjob? Did you ever blow them? No, 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 no. That looked like live face too. No, that's not. La- look, face. your mouth. Something's going on right now. No. You did. No, never. S- Okay. Hand of God. She blew. She blew you. Correct. Did you touch her tits? Yes. <laughs> Did you make out with her? No. <laughs> okay. How many times? Uh, oh my God! More than once. <laughs> once or twice. No. How many times? Probably what? twice. No. no bullshit. You work in a gay bar and you have hot trannies all the time in there. I know that for a fact. Look at me. Okay. Be honest. It ha- there's. It's either once or t- eighty. It was not 80 times. Okay, once or 40. 
No, it was not 40. It was a once couple or times 20. on one hand. It's not once or it's two. One it's not one two. or two. It's one hand. One hand tied in 10 so times. So what? It happens. I'm not saying so what. I'm just trying to get the truth from you. Yeah, it happens. It just happens? It does. Were you drunk? Of course. I was always drunk. Right. And, like, did you care? Like, did you did the thoughts that it was a dude cock block you or no? Is that you were able to sort of go there because you're no, drunk? Um, you no, look not at even tits. that. I, I don't have a problem with that. It's just, you know, it's something, uh, it's, I don't know. It's the weird thing about a tranny. It's like it's in between. It's almost like both genders. Right. And we're not talking about, like, a guy dressed as a woman, you know? Mm-hmm. We're talking about uh, a gender modifi- modified person. Oh, this was the person that didn't have a cock, like they took it off? Uh, one of them didn't, yeah. Oh, and one of them did. I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, God. Okay, we, you know, I don't really care. This is, like, so long ago. I'm more interested in talking to the Brandon. Good. That's calling him about his trannies. But so you need to be honest when he's talking. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So we'll be right back with Brandon. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Hey, is this Brandon? Yes, it is. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Brandon? Oh, just peachy on a day like today. You're yeah. all dug out, or are you in the city? I'm in the city, so, you know, Aren't you lucky? we just get naturally dug out from the cab drivers driving around. It was clear last night. I yeah. mean, yesterday. Last, yesterday was all right. Yeah. Uh, is that Tommy out here? Yeah. How you doing, bud? All right. How's it going? Not too bad. So, Brandon, I didn't get your age, actually. How old I'm are you? 42. I'm 42. Okay, you're 42. So I read, Tommy, your email. Um, I actually read on both emails your critique email because we want to go over that later. <laughs> but what was more fascinating was your first email. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, you're a recovering sex addict. And I don't even know where to begin because you have so many like interesting stories, right? How long you're in recovery for? Um, you could say I've fallen off the wagon a couple of times. Uh-huh. Usually at the end of every marriage. <laughs> so, what do you mean at the end of every? So, when you're married, you're you you could keep like the whole sex addiction at bay and you're faithful and yes. stuff during your marriages. Definitely, How, that's the easy part. What's the easy part when he's married? Is, is for me, it's always been easy to, you know, stay in recovery while I'm married because my addiction is being satisfied, so to speak. Through it's just when, getting laid with your wife. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. when you're alone. Um, it's when I'm alone or what and depends on, you know, the end of the marriage is when my needs aren't being satisfied that the wandering eye starts again. And then usually it's like, hey, this is over. Let's move on to the next person. Right. And how many. So you were married twice. Right. And you're 42. When was your first. How old were you when you first got married and how long did that last? Uh, I was 30 and uh-huh. it lasted five years. So you're and 35. Then, and then the second marriage, how many times, how long in between? Uh, it was only about a year and a half between two. Mm-hmm. And how long were you married to that one? Uh, that one about six years. So you're new. So you're recently divorced. Recently divorced, yes. Right. And have you been acting out sexually since you've been divorced? Yes. 
And now, when but, did you when did you get into like before you were married? When did you find out you were a sex addict and sort of did you do the whole rooms like the Sex Anonymous like meetings and stuff? No, I didn't do the meetings and stuff. Uh, what I did, I just did my own research, uh-huh. you know, and realized that you know what I was doing was kind of self destructive, and I I was unable to control it. Right. And then I started self analyzing as to you know why am I doing it because uh-huh. I was very unhappy. You know, the gratification that you receive is, uh, it's temporary and it's, it's very short. It's shorter, you know, when you have somebody who's an alcoholic or a drug addict or something, their highs last a lot longer right? because they can keep the substance going. For me, it was about either the control or the chase, but the actual sex part was just so short that it, you just want to do it again and you want to do it, you want to get that high again. Yeah, it's like chasing the dragon. I mean, it's a terrible way to live. I, I was, I'm an addict. I totally get it. It is, and it gets worse when, you know, self-satisfaction is not pleasing you enough, so then you start looking. Okay, what's, how, do you, how do you obtain the next drug or the next person? Totally. Well, to find somebody, you know, you go out to the bars, and, you know, whatever it is that you, how you find somebody online, and then you have to pursue a romantic interest in order to get what you want. Well, with the, this type of addiction, it's you got to cut through the chase. And how do you do that? Well, there's two ways of doing it. Either you pay for it or right. you find other people with a similar addiction and they're, you know, like your friends with benefits kind of situation. Right. And does, yeah. does that work for you? Would, would that have worked? For, did that work for you when you would do that kind of a situation? Oh, uh, it does for a certain amount of time, but invariably with a friends with benefits situation, somebody starts developing feelings at one point. Always right. happens. And then, that, and then that just kills everything. And is that ever you? Was that ever it you ha- or was it always the girl? No, no. It, it's, I'm, what I end up doing is I, the feelings I end up, I end up marrying the person. Right. So that wasn't a good result. <laughs> um, no. Because I ended up marrying the wrong person for the wrong reasons. Well, did you ma- what do you mean? What did you marry your first wife? Well, your last wife, you were with her six years. What was the wrong reason of marrying her? Uh, the wrong reason, she was bipolar, uh, <laughs> psychotic, uh, self-medicating, alcoholic. Oh, okay, I get it. And okay. I chose not to see these minute flaws until it was too late. Right, and the first one, was she just as bad? No, she, was actually, she had uh, other issues that probably could have been worked through had she decided that they were worth working through. Right. She had, she had some, you know, some daddy issues, and what ended up happening is, uh, you know, my point for getting married to this woman was, you know, to have a family, and she decided, you know, that that's not what she wanted. So it's like, well, if I'm not getting the sexual satisfaction, I'm not getting the family that I wanted, so what's the what point? are we doing together? Yeah. Right, and that's we, why you left our... We started mutually... Um, probably the best case scenario you could in divorce. This is your stuff. This is my stuff. Right. You know. It wasn't that messy. But when did you do, like, so you're like, you've done threesomes, foursomes, escorts, swinger clubs, like all that stuff. When did you engage in those activities? Because I know it's a progressive sort of a thing, right? So it starts out, you need more and more, right? And that's why you leave, you, you get into that all those. Correct. You need, you're right. It just to, to scratch that itch, you need more of a, something that's whatever. That is right. What, what it started with was, um, do you, uh, I'm going to age myself, but AOL used to have these chat rooms. Uh huh. And it started from there. You How know, old were you see, when you started to do the chat room thing? Oh, 
let's see, I was probably in my early 20s. Okay, so it's, you started before you were married. Yes, oh yes. Right, so you started with chat rooms. Most of my ex- exploits were before I was married. Right, so you started with chat rooms. How do you wind up from right. chat rooms to swinger clubs? Or well, us? What yeah. Um, well, what happens is, is uh, you start meeting people offline in bars, and certain of these chat rooms would be these, you know, swinger-type people, and you would meet at a bar, and the next thing you know, it's a typical threesome situation, kind of like what happened with, um, what was his name, John? Yeah, uh-huh. everybody and, checks and themselves his, out and stuff like that. No, go on, with John, with John and his wife, uh-huh. Right. You know, I was I was the Rodney of that situation. Right. I get it. Right. You, know? you were there was a couple looking for for the wife to get get it on with a guy and you were you were right. the guy. Correct. Mm-hmm. And then when those clubs aren't aren't when those you know, when that kind of fizzles out, when that loses its thrill, it's like, okay, what's next? Right. And then it's like, How do I get it right now? Because that was only on a Saturday night and I don't want to wait till Saturday because it's only Tuesday. And then that's when you start leading in towards escorts. Right. And where would you that. find them? On Craigslist? Well, later Craigslist. Start off on AOL and then into Craigslist. And how much page. would you pay for your escorts? Uh, it ranged anywhere from 100 to 250 And would you the get bill. them like every night, once a week? It's a good deal. <laughs> <Tom's> like, <laughs> that it was really, how many years ago, Tom? It was like 20 years ago. It really depended on um, the availability of money. Uh-huh. You know, if I could do it every night, I'd do it every night. If it was a, a slow week that week, then I'd, I may have had to do it once a week. Would you have, like, the same escort that you would call up all the time? Because, you know, or would, did you like a different flavor every evening? Um, It depends. Sometimes it would be the same girl. Sometimes, you know, it depends who is available. Some, sometimes the girls weren't available all the time. Right. So now you're into escorts and you're paying that. And then what does escorts escalate to? Um, escort escalates into different types of escorts. Like, know, what are the different types? Oh, transgender, uh, uh, BDSM, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. You know, I found out that BDSM really wasn't me. But you went uh, there because that just because you were like, oh, that could get you maybe a better high, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's see what this can do. How can I, you know, make it less? And it, it turns out like being the dom or the sub just wasn't for me. Right. And you don't always get sex in that world. I'm sorry, Tommy, say that again? You don't always get sex in that world, though. I mean, if No. You, yeah. It's no. Like, it's about control, and some people get off on the control. I was never, uh, for me, it wasn't about control. From what I found out, it was me that I always had to make sure the other person was satisfied. Right. That's how I got off. Right, and that was your, from because of your Latina girlfriend that dumped you? <laughs> well. That's what was, you started I mean, with, right? Yeah, it, it, I wouldn't even call her my girlfriend. It was just a girl I started making out with back uh-huh. in high school. Uh-huh. And it, I didn't realize how she affected me until years later, her rejection, because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was like 14, 15. Right. Uh-huh. And you just and made out with her? Made out with her, you know, rounded the bases. And, uh-huh. it, you know, her rejection of me ultimately was that I wasn't satisfying her. Oh, shit. Yeah. There you go. Right. Things like that, you that gets seed that gets planted, and you don't even realize how it controls the rest of your life. So when you say you had to satisfy women, would you also satisfy yourself? Like, because I've been with certain guys, and I find it very odd, and there's a couple guys that are like this, that, like, they just want to get a woman. It's, like, more important for them to get a woman off than themselves. You know what I mean? Or is that the kind of guy you were? No. I, I would, it would, it would enhance my high mm-hmm. knowing that she was getting off. Right. But don't you think that that's normal? 
I mean, I mean, yes and no. I mean, some guys don't care. You know, some people. It's all oh yeah, about you're themselves. right. They're very fucking selfish. Exactly. You know? Right. Totally. Some women get that question. Oh, so you know, was it good for you? And if you have to ask that question, then generally the answer could be no. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. So, so you had, so you felt like you were going to all these women. To it, a part of it also was that you just needed that control over women that you were pleasing them or satisfying them. Right. Right. And then, so how do you get to the trans, how was the transgender, I, I had this conversation with Tommy before we got on the call, I mean, before you picked up to ask him if he right. ever, because Tommy owns a gay bar. So right. We, Tommy, don't look at me like that. We've talked about yeah, you owning no, no, a gay no, bar no. a thousand times. I know. Your name's not Tommy anyway. Nobody knows who you are. So Tom, we all have fake names, by the way. Right. You're not Brandon. I'm not Kathy. He's not Tommy. Right. Um, that's why it's strictly anonymous. But uh, I, I started he, following you for your wonderful cartoons. What was that? I said I started following you for your wonderful. Yeah, cartoons. those cartoons. Everything's fucking made up. Nobody knows who I am. I don't even like huh. really share my stuff with. I mean, you know, with uh, people that are close to me, they don't even know I'm doing the podcast. But um, uh, Tommy admitted that he's gotten like I was like, there's a lot of guys that admit being into trannies or sleeping or fooling around with trannies, whatever. And I asked Tommy beforehand if he's ever gotten blown by a tranny. He absolutely had. Now you, when you called up escorts, you started doing that as well. Yes, I actually met the first couple out at, at bars, and they were the kind that you would you would not know until. You know, you went to the bathroom and they were standing at the urinal next to you. Totally. That Tommy showed me the picture of his girl, got, yeah. whatever you want to call it. I mean, and if she's, I know Tommy's type. She was exactly Tommy's type. Like he would die to get a real chick that looked like this. Um, and it was a tranny and, and he was blown by her a couple of times. So did you like sort of go with, but you knew ahead of time, right? Because you're paying for them that they're transgender? No, no. My first experience was, was, was. I did not know she was a transgender. Right. Um, and then after that experience, I was like, you know what? That's This is not terrible. Right. And generally, transgender girls, you can get cheaper than you could real girls at the time. So it's like, okay. It's, so what it ultimately came down to was, here's a transgender person who perceive, like I can perceive as a woman, uh-huh. and when they orgasm, I know definitively that they're orgasming. Right. There is evidence. Right. You know, with a woman, you just have to, you know, well. So what would you, would you suck them off, give them, like, what, how would you, how would they orgasm from you, the trans? Uh, usually it was, you know, penetration, me penetrating them. You penetrating uh, them. Right. Like, like if it was, she was just like a regular girl. Right. But you were fucking them in the ass, right? Because these are these. Of course. Right. Well, no, you said sometimes they don't have. Oh, I mean, if they're do they like ever a, have a gen- like No, a they would be somebody else. Right. Okay. Yeah, but he didn't. Were you with like someone who was post-op? Um, you know what? I, my experience with post-op was so rare. I mean, you can kind of tell, but I wasn't. That wasn't. I didn't. I didn't care. You know. Yeah. You look like a girl. Okay, great. Right. Mm-hmm. So you would fuck them in the ass. They would come. And so for you, did you feel like, oh, that made you gay, like, or not, or no. you didn't? You didn't no. No, that, I didn't feel that. You know, I was like, no. Because they look like chicks. Right. Okay, and would you touch their cocks or blow them at all? Would you do anything that in that area? Uh, I did experiment doing that. I love that. how honest it just, he is. But it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't for me. Like it kind of. Like I was concentrating on what I was doing, and then mm-hmm. it took me out of out of the milieu of what was going on, and it just kind of like, okay, this isn't for me. Right, and yeah. that's how you found out what you like, what you don't like by yeah, just it, sort it of trying inter- stuff. It would interfere with your buzz, basically. 
I'm sorry, Tommy. It would interfere with like your high, your buzz when you were right. having sex. Yeah. Right. Okay, so you're now you're at tra- trannies and you're screwing them in the ass. Like, what? What's next? Um, you know, multiple people, you know, going into like orgy type situations. Right, but like orgies and what situations? Like, um, like sort of pre-planned orgies, or just people are just drunk and they wind up back at a house and everyone's kind of no, fooling around. No, no, like, like these are hardcore orgies. Right. And how would you find out about them? Usually through the the chat boards or chat rooms at the time. And did you find when you always like for me like in a situation like that, I'd always be nervous. Or first of all, I wouldn't believe that the people would like look like what their pictures were or that they would be representative. Do you find that when you met people through those chat rooms, they would show up and you know it was sort of exact who they were? Or did you have a lot of horrifying experiences or uh, any horrifying experiences? No, I never really had a horrifying experience. The worst, the worst that I ever seemed to experience was that was uh, weight. They weighed more than what they're, you know, they're showing their, their their picture from ten years ago when they were in the best shape of their lives. <laughs> now they had on, or the woman had kids and she's got the, you know, leftover markings from having kids. Right. But that that really never bothered me. As crass as this may sound. In my head, as far as I'm concerned, they're all pink upside down. So it didn't really get into my head that, you know. Tommy's shaking his head because you were the same way, Tommy, as a guy. It's it's a guy. You know, you can find beauty in everything, but it wasn't about that. It was more about uh, the actual act of being able to have sex. Would you agree? Yeah, that was it, you know. Plus, when it came to a tranny or even, you know, going into guys at one point, I just closed my eyes and I'd picture whoever I wanted to. Right, meaning like it, it, that could be who, and so you were just using guys because there was no girl around, or that was just another Correct. sort of way to go. Really? No, there was just no girl around. Interesting. So you would just close your eyes at that point because it wasn't a tranny, and you can see tits at that. So you would just right. pretend it was a girl. Exactly. Interesting. Did you ever let anyone screw you in the ass? No. No, that never. Just wasn't. Yeah, that just wasn't. You know, so, I mean, they've tried using their fingers and stuff, and I and. You know, at first, okay, let's see what this is like. And it just wasn't for me. And I was just like, okay, that's enough of that. Okay. And then, so, so where do you, so you're, do you, is this, uh, you do these orgies at the swing clubs? Like, when do you start going to those swinger clubs? Uh, it was, again, it was in, the, in my 20s. Most of my adventures were in my 20s. Did people know about, the, like, was this like a total secret life that you had? Or did yes. you... Yeah, that's what I would figure, yeah. right? I did like my best friends. Nobody knows the other life that I had, and it's kind of like, like I said, that's when years later, when I, you know, started analyzing, you know, what, what am I going through, or rather, what was wrong with me? I found well, there's nothing necessarily wrong. Everything stems back from a previous situation. Well, then, how do I write myself from there? And then I saw the trail, like I'm explaining to you, how it uh-huh. goes from, right? You know, you go from marijuana to crack to heroin to to whatever it just escalates because you need more and more you need more and more yeah have you ever like um i don't know how how would you say hit bottom or like well obviously yeah hit hit a point where it kind of got out of control and something well well, it's not a matter if it's a when did that happen because you're sober right so obviously you had a bottom right when did that happen uh the bottom came uh i would say uh, at the end of the second marriage. Oh, really? So, but when you were married, you weren't doing guys or trannies or escorts no. or any of that stuff. No, no. What happened was was 
her situation made me realize, like, I didn't know I was an addict until I lived with an addict and realized. The first one or the second one? The second girl. The second one. Right, right. So, so from your 20s until your like late 30s, you still think all the stuff that you're doing is like fine and you still haven't put it together that maybe something's going on? Correct. I'm just thinking like, you know what? This is just how it goes. Right, but even though what I find is interesting, because I feel like I have friends that probably live double lives, and we all know people like this, right? And sometimes, like, I'm really pretty intuitive with people, so I feel like I could tell who those people are that sort of have these kind of things going on. Um, and what what's interesting to me, and I just think it's just the way human beings' brains are work, is that, like, you kept all, everything secret. So on some level, you must have known it was kind of different or maybe off or, you know, cause if it, if it wasn't right, why w- were you keeping it a secret or is that part same. of the high? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the high. That, that kind of high was the high that I got to sneaking around. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other stuff was because acceptance, you know, uh-huh. if in that time, you know how, like, you know, people say, it's okay to be gay today. Right. You know, it's a lot more accepted. Uh-huh. Well, when you're coming out, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, mid 90s, um, that kind of behavior mm-hmm. was considered taboo. And, you know, coming from, uh, you know, my parents were the type of parents, they never divorced, uh, grew up in a Catholic family. So, you know, you are, you know, told what is right and what is wrong. And Right. Listen, my dad was a priest, okay? So, <laughs> you know, you don't get any more right or wrong than that. <laughs> right. So you you end up knowing, or not knowing, but starting to believe what is right and what is wrong from what other people tell you. And then you hang out with your guy friends, and, you know, the joke is, oh, you stupid fag, and this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, now that word has the, is synonymous with the word nigger, Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say the N-word because that's the word and everybody knows it. So let's get real people. Right. Um, and so you don't want to be perceived that way. You know, your best friend, you know, has a certain picture of you. You have a certain picture of your best friend. If all of a sudden your best friend turns to you saying, hey, you know, I like taking trannies in the ass every now and then. <laughs> well, Tommy just admitted to me. Awkward. Tommy just admitted to me. I didn't find it awkward. He was blushing when he told me, like massively blushing. I found it fascinating. But I typically, I know you wrote that email saying I like sort of judge people. But like I, I don't actually think anyone's weird or abnormal for doing what they do I think stuff sometimes is dysfunctional or is like coming out in a certain way and it's coming from a bad place but it's like I don't really I I don't really feel like I judge people but yes you're right most people do and if you told most of your friends all that stuff right. they and, would and you, you don't want to you know you, you build up and I guess you're kind of living a lie because if your friends don't like you for who you really are then they're not your real friends but I was always a type that you know I didn't want to test that theory yeah, no, I feel sorry for my friends that I know live those double lives. And I think most addicts do. Even me as a drinker, I was a hardcore like drinker. And I, I totally kept two separate lives. And it wasn't that they were so secret, but I always feel like most addicts, like their addict world... You spend so much time there and you it's like a, this whole world that you sort of swirl in. It's like a black hole because like, when I like got out of it, I felt like, you know, that's still that place still swirls and so many people are stuck in it. And I like got myself out. But I have that whole world. I think addicts always typically have a world that is so separate and feels so big at the time, you know, but it's just a whole bunch of fucking nothing. Right. 
Um, and then you have like another world. You know, I had my friends that I never drank with that never knew the stuff. And I had a job and I never was late for that. Even if I puked in between phone calls, like I was fucking there. Do you know what I mean? And you right. could, it's like being a functioning addict, right? And so Correct. I think that that's just part of being an addict. You always keep those, you have like, you live two separate lives. Yeah, and then at one point uh, when in my escort heyday, mm-hmm. I actually became a driver for escorts. Oh, no way. I had a friend that was a driver for strippers. So what, yeah, you would no, drive them to the houses? Was, yeah, I would drive them to the houses. When they left the car, they got in the house. I had to call their you know, manager quote, uh-huh. quote, mm-hmm. and let them know that they were in. And uh-huh. the girl would then call then, also let them know that they were in. And mm-hmm. then they would call when they were coming out. And, and you wait for them? Money. Yeah, I'd wait for them. Oh, that's good. So they must feel safe that they have somebody there. Where do you? What you're? You're not in New York, right? This wasn't happening in the city. You were in the suburbs. Uh, actually, my driving. Well, I, it was New York and New Jersey. Oh, okay. So you would drive the girls, and then when they would get back in the car, would you ask them about their experience? Like, would, were you, you chatting with them? them? <laughs> did <laughs> right. you hook up with them? Tommy asked the good question. <laughs> you know what? What they what they would do is they would tell me. Um, I wouldn't necessarily ask. I, right. My first question was, you know, is everything okay? Are you okay? And they'd right. say yes, and then say, and then they would just start saying, yeah, he was a nice guy, or he was kind of weird, or he want. They would just volunteer their stories because, really, other than other escorts, who are they going to talk to? That right. Yeah. So I would end up being, you know, also their part-time therapist. Right, right, right. Of course, of course. And when so you then all their other stuff would come out about their home life, their kids, their boyfriends, or this or that. Right, and, and so they you, were living another life. Did you ever? Did you ever hook up with any of them? Yeah. Did they I charge did. you? <laughs> no. All right, that's no. Good. But see, they would tip you for the drive. So uh-huh. Someone would give you that. a blow job at the end. Yeah. Hey, it's called the perks of the job. Yeah. Right. So bring us to your bottom, though. So you're doing the escort thing. I think you were saying right. And oh, it was right. after you. It was the sec during your second marriage is when you figured right. it out. Right. When when I realized that um, that the marriage was over. And I started going back to my old ways. Um, I realized that, you know what, I looked, and it wasn't, I wasn't drunk or anything like that. I just was at home alone, just me and the dog, and it was absolutely quiet in the house. And I'm sitting in front of a computer, you know, pouring on the screen, talking in my hands, and I'm just, you know, it, there was something about the silence. Uh-huh. I had the sound off on a computer, and I just was just listening, and I said, this is how my future is going to be if I don't change something right now. You mean like nothing, it's, like that nothingness, nothing is, right? You know, mm-hmm. Alone you and know, jerking and, off. Yeah. No, but it's just a whole lot of nothing. That's what it fucking is. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was like, you know, this is, this is quite sad. This is not how I thought my life would turn out. Mm-hmm. And then I started, then I started, then I literally dropped my cock and just started doing research using the internet for what its intended purpose was. Right. And started doing research on, you know, why, why was I this way and thinking back and writing down names of people that I remember and, and just, you know, getting to a point where I was like, Oh my God, I you know, what happened to this person? Why didn't this relationship work out? And then I realized, you know, that what it was, was, you know, I had an addiction and I had a problem and I needed to come to terms with it. Right. That's great that you sort of came to that place on your own. I always feel like addicts that hit bottom, like, I mean, I know for me, because I have friends that are fucking addicts, and I feel like in a way you're, like, oddly saved. Like, I don't even, sometimes I'm like, I don't even know how I came to the place where I was like, oh, I fucking have a problem and I really should quit drinking, you know? 
but it's like you almost feel really lucky. I mean, I've always looked back at that time and felt very lucky, like, because I don't even remember sort of putting stuff together that clearly, you know? Right. You're almost um, lucky. Y- yes and no, because when, when you, you know, at 42, you, you look back on, if I, had, if I had only realized this, at 32, maybe yeah, I but there's 52 year olds marriage. that don't uh, don't have it figured and out. There's 70 year olds. Yeah. You know, some a lot of people never sort of figure it out, and they just live in that nothingness and that sort of empty feeling, and they chase the dragon, and they have like temporary satisfaction, but never like you know long term satisfaction. That you right. sort, you know, so it's like a matter of giving up that instant gratification for future gratification. Real things are a lot fucking harder to get, to keep, you know, but the, and those are the things that actually keep you really fulfilled and fill up that vapid hole inside of you. None of that other stuff does, you know? And so exactly. when, when you chase that, you get it, you feel fulfilled for a day or two, and then you're back to that emptiness. And that's what it's all about. And that's a fucking awful place to be. It's it torture. Is, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, my, you know, I can remember... 2016 this one particular girl going great i'll have kids we'll get married you know uh you know by the time i'm in my 40s my kid will be in high school and then it's just like you know you you turn around and you're like crap i'm 42 if i have a kid now i'll be collecting social security by the time he's out of high school oh that's okay i'm trying to have a kid just don't do the math don't do the math (laughs) no you sure i'm positive i'm blue-eyed smart tall healthy oh i buy donor sperm i get younger guys than you (laughs) let me ask you a question when you're buying donor sperm does it does it enter your mind that when my kid asks me who my daddy is Mm -hmm. you're not going to have an answer other than he was tall, got good grades. <laughs> no, I have so much eyes. more than that. No, I, listen, yes, that does enter the picture. And there was a moment, because when you go for donor sperm, we discussed this on one podcast. When you go for donor sperm, it's like you get like initial information, then you pay for like more information. And there's these little things you could pay for. You could get baby pictures. You could get a full-length um, interview that you hear on a, on a recording. You could get staff impressions. You could get also... Um, and a questionnaire that they fill out. So you see handwriting. So you get a lot of information. And for me, the most horrifying moment of that scenario was when I heard the voices because it became very real. And it was, that was the moment that I actually felt and thought of those things that you're talking about. And it was very devastating. I went online and I started Googling cause that's what I fucking do. That's what I'm addicted to now. And I found some terrible stories of people that were like, oh, my, you know, I was a test tube baby and I fucking hate my parents, you know, and shit like that. And I was like, I got very depressed and I felt really bad about it. And then, you know, I, I, everyone was sort of creepy that I heard. I went back and I, I got a new guy and this guy was like a ray of sunshine and nothing about him was bad. And I, I liked his handwriting and his questionnaire and his baby pictures and his voice was great. And I didn't feel that way anymore. And, um, I feel like when that time comes, you know, first of all, it'll be, you know, a while from now. And I feel like it's a much more, it's like what you were saying before about in the AOL times when you were doing that shit and it was very like taboo. What I'm doing now with the baby and stuff, it's like, it's a lot more, um, acceptable and it will be I'm not my kids not going to be born in a generation with nobody else or no friends that are have the same situation a lot of women are having babies this way because I mean you know marriage is not really like the greatest institution right maybe people don't believe in it oh, so it's much an institution, all right. I prefer having a baby this way much more so than the other way okay, for me then. yeah why now, are we talking about each their own you know it's it's and I'm sure Tom would agree after playing the field, you know, 
you find that someone who is worth not playing the field anymore to the point where, yeah, I want to stop where I've been and go to on this new path. No, now, I, you know, I totally agree. I mean, that happened to me. I mean, I didn't get married until I was uh, 36, 37. And Tommy was a total player, and he's got a baby now. Yeah, and you know, and it, and you're 100% right. You find that person, and you're like, you know what? Uh, just how you said before, I don't want to be alone in the silence. You know what I mean? I right. don't want to. And, of course, you know, being in a relationship, you, you always get that flashback of uh, your former life, and, you know, you're like, oh, one more kind of roll in the hay, but it's it's just not worth it, you know. It's nice to that, be in a secure place. That is that is a hundred percent how I thought that was just, yeah. you know. But you were in a quote unquote secure place, but it really wasn't secure. I mean, a lot of people I think have what appears to be a secure situation going on. They could be married, they could have kids, they could have a house, they could have a job, but there's no security in that either. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of that bullshit stuff going on too. There, there is because, like you said, I was married once, and you know, I had the house, I had the job, I had the car, I had everything that was needed right. or that actually that she required before we consider having kids. And then it all got thrown in my face and then it's like, okay, great. So then just go back to my old ways. And then, then I made the mistake of hooking up with the, you know, the wrong person for the wrong reasons who had her own issues. And, and again, back to my old ways. Yeah. And I said, you know, what? all I'm going to do is keep repeating the same mistakes because I'm not looking at the history. And yeah. I mean, not to cut you off, but how do you no. meet women now? Um, well, I, I, Here's the part of the recovery part. I've met somebody. Okay. And believe it or not, I met them online. And through like uh, one of the major dating services online? Yeah, it was plenty of plenty of fish. Okay. Yeah. And uh what I did was I, I would intentionally not look at the picture and I would just read what they had to say. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then look at the pictures and then, you know, the shallow part of you is like, okay, is it worth that to go for what you read, right? You know, trying to trying to do what you do at a bar. You talk to somebody and get to know them before. Yeah. You know, obviously the first thing that you is the attraction. But you I can tell out. you myself, I view myself on a scale of one to ten, somewhere between a six and a seven. Oh yeah, well, However, I, was, I forgot. You, I haven't asked you that question. You're yeah. six point five. <laughs> I, I would, I, but I'm really you're your own harshest critic. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. That being said, I have had the ability to have you know two women marry me, so. I must be a little bit better than that, but not I, really. I see three threes could get married. Negative fives get married all the time. <laughs> well, uh, here's here's why I think it is no, is that true. it's it's the personality, it's the person. Absolutely. Once you get to know me, my score starts to go up. Yeah, totally. Oh, and for women, women don't care so much about looks. We care about personality oh. for sure. Well, definitely. Yeah. I mean, everything is more emotional. So there's a lot of ugly dudes that have such game, and they're like cocky, or they're really funny, and they get tons of ass. Like, and girls like them because girls aren't like wired the same way as guys. Yeah, but okay. So now you're you're dating this girl, um, and how's it going? Uh, well, here's how it's been. Okay, uh, we have a seven and a half month old child. Awesome! Oh, yay! I got a nine month old. Congratulations! <laughs> yeah, and it's been. When when I stopped doing what my pattern was and focused on being a better person and being uh, what I was looking for for some in somebody else in myself, yeah, it, it changed the whole thing. And and we've been together. It's been just it. You know, 
I can't even put into words the highs that I've had with this woman, both on an emotional level, a sexual level, and just in 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 general, you know. That's I awesome. love this Mazel story. No, but it really shows that that's I think it really shows that if you are an addict and you put in the work or you really sort of become self-aware or look at yourself in the mirror, you could change your life. Let me just ask you one more question. Now, you're you're at this stage right now. Have you been uh, open and honest about your past or you're just just you're you're just going to leave your past in the past? I'm going to leave my past in the past. I 100 percent agree with you. (laughs) You know what? I did the exact same thing. You want to. This is how great she is. She doesn't want to know my past. She knows that I was promiscuous, but she doesn't want to know because she says that's your past. It's if it's what helped define you now, then only tell me the positive things. If you know, if Amen, brother. Of, Amen. Yeah. Any of the negative stuff, any of the hardships you have to go through. If you feel like telling me, that's great. If you don't want to. She goes, that's great, too. She goes, I have the person that is here in front of me now. Yeah, that's awesome. How long have you been with her for? Uh, it has been, it'll be two years. Oh, that's great. Years. That's yeah. great. Yeah, so you're in a completely healthy, you're, are you guys married or no? You're just dating. Will you get married again? Do you care to get married? Yeah, we're going to get married. Right. I'm going to marry my baby mama. Oh. There you it's go. The, it's, it's the one thing that she, the only thing that she when she first told me she was pregnant, it's the only thing that she really, really wanted. It wasn't, you know, I don't need a house. I don't need this. I don't need money. She was, I, I just want this child to have a mother and father who are together like Absolutely. her mother and father was, like right. my mother and father was. Right. And you know what I said? And she knew I was coming right after my divorce. She knew I was in a rough place. Mm-hmm. And I said, I can't commit to a date, but I'm going to commit to you. Right. Yeah. So. That's great. I mean, and I like how you say you leave the past in the past. And I, I'm, I, I'm choosing to do the same thing. Yeah, but your I wife mean, doesn't let you do because she doesn't trust you. Well, she trusts Not really. But what I do you have those what, issues. What, she could help you. Can I finish? <laughs> um, so what I what but I listen to a, I have a few friends who are like so open with their with their spouse about everything they've ever done in the past. And I just I don't know. I think that would put a strain on the relationship. No, yeah, I, I think so, too, because what happens is, is if you don't believe that a person can change, exactly, then you're always going to have that doubt in the back of your head. See, you know, I believe I, that people could change. So I personally think that I know I have a lot of guy friends. I always have. I know guys that were massive cheaters in their 20s and in their 40s are completely faithful. Like, I know that that exists in men. You know, I think maybe other girls don't. But I, I don't. I think, listen, I think the way you're doing it with your girl, the fact that she doesn't give a shit about your past or anything is totally super cool. And you guys have that relationship. But I also think there's other people that are very honest. And that's really cool, too, in their relationship. I don't think it's necessarily bad either way. I think either way works. I think the the thing is you need to both be on the same page. If someone's married to someone that wants to know and someone's keeping it from them, that's going to be a problem. One person can't say the past doesn't matter if if it matters to the other person. Right, Tommy? Well, I think it also comes down to... Hey, Brandon, what happened? Uh, My cell phone died. Sorry about that. It's okay. It's okay. We were going to do a part two, but instead we'll just like extend it since he just called back. It's better. Yeah. So basically, you're like now you're like a normal dude and everything's cool. I, I have. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You know, although the urges still come, you just have to fight it. Yeah. Well, how do you fight it? 
Um, you just concentrate on what's more important to you, you know, and just think about the consequences of acting on those urges and impulses. Tommy's shaking his head. Yeah, I'm completely shaking my head because, you know, it never goes away. I don't think it ever will go away. The urge or the itch or the tick or whatever you want to call it. And, um, you know, and I see it happening to me. And what I do is I I actually look at my phone. I see a picture like my kid or something like that. Exactly. And that is way more important to me than uh, a piece of a quick piece of ass. A quick piece of ass. That's going to go nowhere. Exactly. I do the same thing. You know, I, I look at my son and I think, you know, what's if I acted on this urge, you know, what are the, the ramifications of it? You know, I could lose him, having him in my life all the time. I could lose my wife. I could, you know, it, it, it just snowballs. And yeah. so then you think, you know what? I'm going to go home. I'm going to see my wife. I'm going to make love to her. That'll satisfy the urge. No problem. And call it a day. Absolutely. Yeah, can't you just like... You know, with your wife, like sort of role play and pretend that you're having different hot scenarios all the time. Like, you know, if you keep things interesting. You know what? Uh, she and I have uh, such a, a great relationship, even, you know, in bed and out of bed that we can do almost anything. And it's hard. And she's, you know what? There was a part of me that was unfulfilled and she filled it in every way possible. Right. And so I it's not like you need that other stuff as much anyway. No. Right. That's right. Interesting. It's, it's less of a need and more of a want, and it's easier to uh, push away a want than it is a need. Yeah. Right. And that's a big difference. That's you know, that's type how... of addictions. Sorry, I'm sorry go, go on. ahead. No, no, you go on. I was going to say, this type of addiction is a little bit harder because, you know, with alcohol or drugs, I know what you're you saying. cannot, you can't, you know, use those things again. Whereas with sex, you're you have definitely to have sex. That's why they say yeah. like with workaholics or, you know, people that have food addiction or sex, those are hard things to, because you can't be, it can't be black and white. For me drinking, I just had to quit drinking. Like, I mean, you could just say I'm never drinking again and you could function in society. Yeah, never using. You can, yeah. Right. You can't say you're not going to have sex. That's a part of being intimate with someone. It's a part right. of relationship. So it's a much harder absolutely addiction to sort of conquer or face or deal with because eventually you have to start doing it, it would be like telling a, an alcoholic you have to drink but in moderation or whatever you know but really right. what addiction is about and you know this as an addict it's not really about what you're using it's that big empty vapid hole of nothingness right. that you have to fill up with other stuff and once you do that you i feel like you know that changes things like you said you don't even need have the desire as much because it's like you don't need to scratch right. that itch because you don't have the itch as much and you also don't put yourself in a situation where you could expose yourself to giving in. Exactly. You know, yeah. if I, you know, if I go out, I go out with my wife. If I, uh, if, if the urge comes along and, and, and I can see myself starting to go down the rabbit hole, I just stop, you know. If it's looking at something online, if it's getting a call from an old lover or a text or something, it just so happens I got a text from an ex-lover who, you know, it's been a while, and it, that's, she was just coming in and out of my life whenever it pleased her, and I just had to ignore her. And as tough as it was, you know what? I thought about the consequences. The, the risk does not outweigh, you know, the reward. So, done. Yeah, no, I, I mean, right when I got married, I had to shut it down. I mean, all these people that used to call my phone and text my phone, and you know what I mean? Because that was my lifestyle. Yep. I, I was not right. tied down to anybody. I was going 
and, you know, and I would just line them up like appointments almost. And uh, I had to basically put it out there and say, do not communicate to my phone for anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, no naked pics to your phone out randomly, Nothing, right? Nothing. Not shit even, like that happens when you're single all the time. Not even anything kidding around, right. you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, I had a friend who was just kidding around, sent me something that was just joking. And I, I was on the couch watching TV with my wife, and I had to call them right up in front and just shut it down, you know? Okay, so you guys are both in mono- How long have you been with your girl again? Seven months? Seven years? Seven months? Uh, no, it'll be uh, just almost two years. Almost two years, right. Because I just wonder after five or six or seven years, I mean, me and Tommy were just talking about this while we're waiting for you to call back about monogamy. I don't really believe in it long term. And I think relationships sort of would probably fare better if eventually after you're with someone for a long time, it could be that if someone needs to go someplace else, it's okay. Just because I don't know. Some Dan Savage calls it monogamish. I think I'm more interested in monogamish than monogamy. As long as if you're not putting it in the person's face. Of course not. Uh, and yeah. I also think that it, it, it changed. I think as our bodies change as we get older and certain things are not as uh, a priority anymore, you know, like when you're young, you're looking at, you're shallow. I don't care. Everybody's shallow and when they're you young. you have a lot of testosterone. Yeah. But guys lose it. But the problem is, you know, they come up with like fucking Viagra and shit and women are doing more hormones and, you know, everyone's just hornier even though like in nature, it, 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 it nature made it so that when we get older, we want it less. But we created things that cock block nature and now we're like horny longer. And I think it's good because, you know, men have stuff, women have stuff so they can still get it on and are more interested in. But that whole nature thing that sort of knocks down your testosterone and makes you not as horny as a guy. Like I've heard some guys say like it's actually kind of like a nice feeling to not need it so much all the fucking time. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it is, but you know what? It, it still, it runs in tandem with, you know, a woman and, you know, going through menopause. Right. There's a reason called men pause. Oh. <laughs> Put the men you on know? pause. <laughs> right. So I never through thought it, of and then that. they start up again. Yeah. But, I think as we get older, just in general, it's it's easy. You remember the vapid person you were with. It's easy to find Mrs. Right now. It's hard to find Mr. or Mrs. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think when you find a connection that actually fills you emotionally, right. That's uh, what's more important. Right, and I think when you find that person, that one person, and it your your whole being says, "I don't need that." anybody else i have everything i want and need with this one person it's easier to commit it's easier to push away any of those uh extraneous desires and 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 from talking with tommy just a little bit tommy and i would would have been wingmen for each other i I believe that (laughs) i definitely believe that well tommy had a gay bar so you could have like fucked a lot of guys at his place now (laughs) sorry listen some of those gay guys have the hottest girlfriends. They sure do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they'll bring in, they'll bring in, I, listen, I wouldn't even surprise if I've been in Tommy's bar when some of these guys bring their girlfriends for a girl's night out, and the next thing you know, they're leaving with a straight guy. Oh, you yeah, know? no, my it's straight happened. friends that are bartenders and gay, they got, they got more pussy in the gay bar, working in the gay bar than the yeah. straight one, because there's, there's no competition. So if you're one straight bartender in a gay bar, every gay guy, like you said, has his girl that he brings and she's hot. You know, it's New York City. The girls are all hot. 
um, and they're stuck in a gay bar, they're going to pick up the hot bartender if he's the only straight guy there in there. Yep. So, yeah, Tommy you know, and his but- friend Jason got a lot of ass when they were in his <laughs> bar, his gay bar. So, anyway. You know, I mean, yeah, sorry. I was going to ask Tommy, you know, if it's kind of like if you're an alcoholic and you own a bar, and I'm not saying that, you know, Tommy is a sex addict, but, you know. I'll say it. He was. <laughs> He, but he, ready? He he has a a a job or he's ownership of a place where he put he puts himself in a position where uh, temptation is always around. However, he's found that that one person that fulfills him where it's not a problem. Well, Am I correct, there, Tommy? Yeah, you're correct. And like it is, it it's work every day. You got to work at it every day. Um, yeah. And I, but I think because I know Tommy and I saw Tommy sort of shift and change. And I was going to say this before to you because you're talking sort of like, oh, it's like all about the other person coming in that's about the other person. But I really think what happens before you meet that other person is you guys changed yourself and then you were ready for that other person. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like all those other people before were wrong. It was that you were sort of fucked up or like in a different place or maybe not open to it. You cleaned up your act, you figured stuff out and then you were ready for that person. So you met it. You know what I mean? It's not about meeting a person. If you're still messed up or involved in your addiction, it's no one's going to come in and be that person. To yeah. You. you have to, cl- and I, I saw Tommy, I saw Tommy change as a person before that stuff happened. It wasn't like this girl changed him. It was yeah. he changed and then it worked out with this girl and he moved to a different phase of his life. But without getting too deep, I think, you know, with, I'm not into religion, whatever, but I'm into the universe and things happen for energy, whatever. And they don't give you something until you're ready for it. And I was right, exactly. I changed and the universe gave me a person. And there we go. There you go. So let's talk about your critiques because you sent me an email after you listened to some podcast. I did I read the email? I don't even remember. Um, you gave some critiques. You said, "A, I'm judgmental to people," which I feel like I'm totally not. Tommy said, "Right, I'm not judgmental." No, what you- I mean, I, I no, see- I wouldn't say judgmental, but you used with I I, I, I can't remember. I think it was one. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it John? The the you said something like that was weird or you're weird. And I thought, I don't think you meant it in a judgmental way, but when you listen back to it, it's like, well, you know, if I like you know, shoving a dildo up my ass because that gets me off, that doesn't make me weird. I you never say those things agree. are weird. I, but I never say no, those yeah. things not, are weird. No, I no, say I'm things just, are I'm weird that are dysfunctional. Sorry. No, I'm saying as an example. You, I, I can't remember which one it was, but I was just pointing out that, you know, what is, you know, different to you or weird to you just may be normal for the next guy. And and my critique was just that if you're, when you're talking to people such as myself and these other uh, people that you'll have on who are talking about different lifestyles, maybe not so much on the adjectives as (laughs) more like, and and you know know, what? That's different. I I agree with you. Kathy doesn't do that. I actually, we remember the podcast kind of when she said it. And it wasn't meant in that context. And obviously right. it was an early one. I mean, we're we're kind of getting our feet wet. But it was, you know, she is obviously, out of anybody I know in my life, you know, people judge her. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> know. But, yeah, but she, we actually talked about it after the podcast. And I remember which one. It was, I think it was the first one with John. And I think the comment came about when he said that his wife couldn't have an orgasm. 
Remember? Yes. And yes. she, Kathy Debbie's said, a, a, yeah. A yeah, but that or. is, that is something, there's something off there. I'm sorry. That's yeah, yeah. why I she have a podcast so I can like, give um, my opinion. Well, yes. You know what? When you said that, I thought it's possible that something's off because for a woman to have an orgasm, it's more than just physical. However, that being said, she may not be able to get off on an orgasm vaginally. She may need just clitoral Okay, Brandon, I'm going to put you, you know? up to speed because you didn't pay attention to that podcast. He explained <laughs> that she actually does need clitor- like clitoral um, right. stimulation. stimulation. A lot of people do and everything. My thing is, why isn't she stimulating her clitoris during it? She knows exactly how to get herself off, but she's not. That's bizarre. Oh, I see what you're saying. Do you understand? Like, while she's penetrating kn- her, why isn't she stimulating her clitoris at the same time? She knows how to get herself off. She uses a toy, but right. she doesn't do it. So it's that's something off. If I use the word weird or not normal, I know that I use weird, not normal, dysfunctional really a lot, and I probably... You should work on it a little bit. I don't know how else to talk about it, but like I have a podcast so I could kind of be not judgmental, but give my opinions and whatever, because it is kind of unprofessional. I'm no um, therapist. I'm just a normal person. I like to talk to people about their problems. I'm very open mind. I don't judge anybody by any of the sex that they do at all. Different lifestyles fascinate me. That's why I actually get these people on the call because, um, and I feel like sometimes when people look at my show and they look at the titles, they think it seems like like a dirty show. But if you really listen to it, it's not because I'm talking to people about their stuff in a way that's interesting you know it's not just about sex but i so i don't i don't like to i love all the people that call and find them fascinating i think people have dysfunctional or weird behaviors but that doesn't make them dysfunctional and weird we're all fucking dysfunctional and weird at times that's just Uh, i like how you said like what's normal there's really no definition of normal anymore no no one's normal all the time right no one's normal everyone's fucked up in their own way take take yourself for example you have chosen to have a child without needing <laughs> yeah. to have a guy around, uh-huh. you know? And listen, the religious right will tell you, oh, that's not normal. That's weird. Oh, yeah. Well, that's my father's a blah, blah, my blah. father's a religious person. That's My father's an actual priest. But my family, you know, you have to understand, when I was really little, I was always a very out-of-the-box person. It's not well, like not I just... Well, he's a priest. No, he's a... Uh, my father's Lebanese. He's like a... He's like he's... Uh, oh, you know, Gosh. so it's hardcore. Totally. Religious? Yeah, hardcore. Off the boat. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, and he, he, you know, he spawned me. Somebody that at a very young age, I was always very into doing everything very different. I was thrown out of three high schools. I was never, I never wanted to get married. I'm not into any kind of con- like institutions. I don't, like, I like to do everything different than everybody else. That's how I've always been. So when I went to my family and I was like, I'm going to have a baby with my friend, everyone was like, we'd be more confused if you were trying to get married and have a baby in a white picket fence. Because everyone, it was just, that goes with who I am. It's very compatible with the way that I've lived my life always. It's not like something that's like, what the fuck is she doing? Because I've always been sort of, I do things different kind of person. So Did you, always, did you just try and just start off saying, I want to have a kid with a, a donor or did you try like did you have one of those things where no we talked know, about it with a friend I did it with a friend we we did it with I did it with a friend and uh, we started out that way I wanted a baby I couldn't do it on my own I did it with a friend and then I switched off to be the I switched off to do it with a donor when that didn't work but um and I prefer it that way I mean I still want to have a relationship with a guy I just um right. I don't want to have that whole thing you know I want 
my baby to myself <laughs> on your terms no on your yeah, terms. Yeah, I want my family you know stuff that I had what I went through in my life and everything you know for me I want my family I want my child and I want to do it my way on my terms like Tommy says that's a nice way to say it that really yeah. without se- sounding like nuts but that's what I want to do and then of course I don't want my baby to be I don't picture myself as a single woman forever like I don't want to you know I will eventually you know have a guy too I want my child to see a healthy relationship my parents were married the whole time and it was it fucked me up I mean I looked at their marriage and I was like Hell marriage. no. No effing way. I mean, that's why I'm anti it. So I don't think having like the typical normal re- thing works for kids because there's plenty of people out, out in the world that are so messed up and they all had what I'm not doing. You know what I mean? They all had that right. normal thing that I'm saying I don't want. So, you know, who's well, right like, or wrong? That's like when people say, you know, uh, what's that the one saying I've seen? If you don't want gay people, tell straight people to stop making them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. They come from somewhere, right? Some mom yeah, and mom. dad, some mom and dad someplace. You know, so, uh, you know, nobody really. So, yeah, am I normal? Weird people would judge me for it. That's fine. I like people that do things a little bit different. I see things out of the box. I don't ca- I don't mean to come off judgmental. I love everybody that calls. I feel like I bond with them. I love John and his stories. Nothing's weird to me. Well, like I said, sometimes I things say- are weird situations. Yeah. I think that girl Mara. I think Tommy nailed. I was I was waiting until the end of that call because I was like, "What movie was that from?" Oh, Am you I knew it too. It? Oh my God, yes! I was if right. If I had your number, I would have called in that day and told the movie because I knew I, it right off I the bat. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, that one we didn't believe, and nobody, you know, she's been on other shows, and nobody calls her out on that. I think I was yeah, the only no, one that I, said, "Come on!" Like, have you ever been in a like? What did I say? A mental institute. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I was like, something was... I was yelling at the radio, the movie is taken with Liam Neeson. The movie is <laughs> yeah. taken. It was so... And, uh, I was like, give me a break. You know what I mean? But you yeah. know what's fascinating about her? I think whether that story was real... Like, say that story was real, that's fascinating. But if that story isn't real and she's making it up, that's just as fascinating to me. Because, you know, what's with her that she makes up that story? So I, I think she's fascinating either way. Yeah, but she's been on several podcasts... And she pimps that show and out. And she yeah. really pimps this story. She believes it, I think. Yeah. That's it, you know? It's not a lie if you believe it. According yeah, exactly. To your <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So, um, Brandon, this has been great to talk to you. Sometimes it's good. You know, a lot of times we get people that are calling and they're like in the middle of their story, right? And we don't, they don't have a happy ending or they're trying to figure well, we things call out. Back. But this guy, you know, you're like a really interesting person to talk to because you're a sex addict and you have an, you had an issue that a lot of guys have, but you're like, you know, you do have an ending of your story and things are really great now and you give people like hope. So we should have you back on the show eventually one day. Maybe, you know, we don't know the format of the show, how it's going to change. And yeah. Grow. And, and listen and keep listening to the show. Uh, you know, oh, yeah, write, you want to write in, write, write yeah. reviews or whatever. And if you want to write in and say, hey, listen, I, I would love to talk to you about some of the shows you That's did. That's a good idea. Yeah. We could do a little, you know, with you online, a little gossip about those people yeah, and, he likes to analyze too. yeah we analyze it too after the show so right so we'll have yeah. you on again definitely i'd enjoy it all right awesome. cool brandon i'll talk to you soon good luck with your baby all right thanks guys bye, bye. yeah go on oh that was, are we on? yeah he's good. yeah no he's a good guy and you know what i liked talking to him because um same when we talked to robert kelly you know um, oh, our podcast with him? Yeah, uh-huh. because he, you know, he's just like me, just like this guy Brandon. I mean, we all were, we explored every corner to see 
where the edge was or you know what I mean? Yeah, you did what you needed to and do. You worked your shit out in your way you were going to work it out. And 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 we're here we are now and we're all happy and whatever, mm-hmm. but it is something that you always got to work at. It that's yeah. it's never going to go away. Totally. And that's why I used to love going to meetings to hear guys like that that are really sort of expressing it because guys that aren't in touch with what they're really doing and they're doing it, people just look at them and they're like, oh, they're pigs or they're fucking, they love to fuck people or they're just assholes. You know, like they just sort of look at it on the surface when they're not. They're like real people like you and Robert Kelly and this guy that are sort of, you know, a little confused or going through whatever they're going through. And, and if you're just because you're doing it sexually, people think you're like deviant and you're not. With me, it wasn't actually more it wasn't as much about the sex the act of it as i couldn't stand to be alone yeah you couldn't stand to be with yourself because you couldn't stand to feel your feelings that's what every addict is that's i didn't want to be at home alone and and i was drinking at the time which made you even more sensitive of course to that type of feelings numb to everything else but more sensitive to those types of feelings and that's uh you know yeah, that's why when I quit drinking, I I couldn't do the sex thing anymore because the drinking for me would allow me, and when I was feeling bad, feel, you know, that's the whole thing about being an addict is you want to feel everything. You only want to feel happy. Like anything other yeah. than happy is not a good thing. It's too intense. It doesn't feel good, and you, you want to run. You should not try Molly. Right, and so <laughs> for me, I remember the first time I quit drinking, and I was like, um, I had a problem, an issue that came up and I started to feel jealous. You actually called me up and told me that the guy that I liked met a new girl and she was really hot and I was devastated. It was Jason when I liked him and I was devastated and I hung up the phone with you. It was about a month after I quit drinking and I only quit drinking because I was blacking out but, and I but couldn't. Wait, wait, wait. Don't get it wrong. I didn't call her up to tell her this to like rub it in her face. We were on the phone and we were friends with the same person. And she it asked, was in for, yeah. she asked me about him. Right. And then I told, you told her. me the truth. Yeah, no, I I'm wasn't not being. A, I wasn't being. Yeah, I wasn't being like a dick. Being like, oh, ha ha ha. Look. No, but I was devastated. I was on way, my way to a wedding and I had just quit drinking. And I quit drinking because I was blacking out. I didn't quit drinking because I thought I had a problem. Really, in the beginning. And the minute I got off the phone yeah, with you, you I started were, looking yeah, in my out. phone. I started looking in my phone and I was trying to, without even thinking about it, I was trying to look at where, like, which guy am I going to fuck? Like, who am I going to call to fuck? And then to I get realized. Over this. Yeah, because yeah, I couldn't stand the way I felt. And then my second thought was, like, oh my God, when I saw their names and thought of them, I couldn't fuck any of them without being drunk. And then I realized, oh my God, I'm trapped in this terrible feeling of jealousy and misery and devastation and rejection, like all the shit that I'm feeling. What am I going to do? And that's when I realized I'm fucked. Yeah, yeah, but I think that was probably a turning point for you. Well, that's when I realized, oh, this drinking, when I started to look back, I started to realize when I would do shots, when I was feeling a little insecure, if the guy I was with was like avoiding me or I thought he was looking at other girls. Anytime I felt a little bit of Mm -hmm. anything else, I just took my high to another level. And when I was upset about one guy, go fuck another guy. And like, you know, this is what I would do. So the great thing about quitting alcohol for me was that I wasn't allowed to do those things. So I was forced to sit with my feelings and I learned how to deal with them. And some days it would be literally, I would lock myself up in my house and I wouldn't go out because if I did, I would sabotage. There was nothing I could do except feel like a tortured person, but I just wouldn't do anything about it. And 10 years later, I'm able to have all kinds of feelings and I'm okay. So let's just wrap up this call because this is like getting boring. I feel like it's like a fucking AA. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. Right. I think it's good if anyone's an addict to hear this kind of stuff. Yeah. But if, if people aren't, it's kind of like boring because there's a lot of people that aren't addicts. Yeah. You know, are they listening to our show? I don't know who the fuck is listening to our show. Could you guys write in? If you're from Singapore. <laughs> no, we got people from <laughs> Wait, all in Nepal. Nepal. Yeah. I love What them. the fuck? I don't Who's know. in Nepal? Email me. I don't know. I want to probably love. It's probably like American people that are like at the base camp that climb Everest. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> Nepal. Oh, really? And they're probably like, we have nothing to do, but we'll listen to. I don't know. I'd podcast. love to hear for listeners that are listening what you think of the show, and you could critique us, like John or who did we just talk to, Brandon? The, the yeah, critique. and if you're from another country and you can't call in, send no, us we could an Skype. Email. No, 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 you can call in. We could do Skype. So you get from anywhere, anyone okay. can call in. We could Skype. Or if you call. just want us to read your email online or something like that, we yeah, can we do can that. Yeah, we do those calls too. Absolutely. Wait, okay. You know that would be a good show. What? Um, yeah, just questions. Yeah, yeah just, we could do we'll, that. Yeah, we'll just talk and we'll just read. We'll answer emails. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is a good show. Coffee talk with Kathy and Tommy. <laughs> Forget about it. All right, wrap it up. Okay, till next time. Bye bye. Bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone? To anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.